0: That's BlueNile.com. Trish, I
1: bring you domestic news, which is unlike me, isn't it? Mm, Okay, okay. I have found something you can put in the freezer. Well, I've been investigating lots of things you can put in the freezer because, you know, my husband is waging a massive war on food waste, so the dog will be in the freezer at some Mm -hmm. point. If you have a bag of crisps and you only eat half of it, if you don't want it to go off, (laughs) you can put them in the freezer.
0: And right. they take four
1: seconds to defrost, so you never have to throw away those last bits of crisps. Okay, might not have time to eat. <laughs> right, I'm just going to say,
2: whoever not finishes a packet of crisps.
1: Well, I often open that... a family pack of what's it, yes. and I obviously can't eat the whole lot. Or those little chippy Marks and Spencer's chippy things, and I think I can't eat the whole lot. They don't stay fresh. Okay, I my
2: teenage oh. son to quaff hmm. them. Mm. I've been putting things in the freezer. What Hiding in the freezer? in the freezer. Well, obviously, I'd be thinking about prunes, but mm. uh, oh, you can put bananas in the freezer. Bananas are very good, and then you you can eat them like an ice cream. You peel it, and then you eat it. And it's like yes. an ice cream. It's delicious. <laughs> Hello. Hello, welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Lorraine Candy. I'm Trish Halpin, and we're on a mission to help you make the most of your magnificent midlife. We'll be tackling everything from mind and body wellness to HRT and your sex drive. Lorraine and I are here to help you have a stylish second act and answer all your midlife questions on fashion, beauty, careers, relationships, family, and as always, the challenges and joys of parenting teens. Righty-o,
1: Trish, let's get started. I'm going to kick off today with a hot off the presses Postcards from Midlife News Bulletin. I'm going to go all Angela Rippon on you. Do you remember Angela?
2: High kicking legs. Lovely <laughs> Angela. Lovely, um, yes. It's not going to be depressing like the real news, is there? Because no. it's, it's not good out there at the <laughs> Troubling for my mental stability. And I, I, you know, today I haven't even had time to do my morning meditation in the garden with the birds or had my yogurt and prunes, stew prunes. So, you know, be gentle with me. Don't worry because I am the Olaf. Of news readers, Do you remember Olaf from of Frozen? Of course. His
1: exactly. catchphrase, All Good Things. This is an All Good Things news bulletin mm-hmm. for you. It's about some of our former guests, because I think some of the listeners to Postcards from Midlife may not know that we've got more than 110 episodes to choose from in our back catalogue
2: with amazing guests and once you've been a guest on the show you're part of the family aren't you trish definitely and if you join our community in any way whether it's on the facebook group whether you're a guest whether you tell us one of your midlife moments we're always going to be looking out for you so tell me who's been doing what what's the news what's the update big news Gabby mm. Logan, who we
1: had on. Oh, my God. She's so energetic. Have you seen her workouts oh, on no, Instagram? It's Incredible. Exhausting. It stops me reaching for the hobnobs. She has a memoir out this month. It's called The First Half. It's about her career and family. We know Davina's book, mm-hmm. Menopausing, with Dr. Naomi Potter's out. That has made number one in all the non-fiction oh, charts. Oh, Brilliant. That's amazing, isn't it? It's It's a woman's health book. To get to the top is extraordinary. Lovely Casey Ainsworth, do you remember little Moe? Yes. Who came on last season. She's waved her eldest daughter, Blossom, off to uni like we did. Really lovely picture on Instagram. But my big good news is the novelist, Kate Moss, the writer, founder yes. of the Women's Prize for Fiction. She came on, if you remember, to talk about caring for her mother-in-law, Granny
2: Rosie. Yes, she did, didn't she? She she was such a great person to interview and it was a really moving interview and worth a listen. So if anybody's looking after elderly relatives right now and wants some practical guidance and emotional guidance, I think that's a good one. So yes. get On your
1: podcast. Now, guess what happened to Kate? She has become a granny herself. (gasps) Oh, brilliant. Granny Kate. How excited I get about babies. Her daughter's given birth to a little boy called Finn. Another guest, Pearl Lowe. She's going to be a granny too because Daisy, her daughter, has announced she's pregnant, which is extremely exciting Mm. for all of us. We do love babies. I keep thinking about when that might happen to me. I have a question for you, Trish. Mm. what about when you become a grandma what are you going to be called i've given it some thought
2: oh okay well i think nan or nana's the english kind of thing i think isn't it yeah but in ireland we we had granny helping and granny yes. mcdermott but interestingly i was in ireland for a wedding family wedding at the weekend and my first cousin told me that she called our granny helping Nanny Mary. And I was like, who's Nanny Mary? All these years, 50 years of having different names. So we could be different names to different grandchildren. What are you going to be be? called? I think Nana is quite nice. Do you think Nana? No, I don't like that. I don't like like that. No.
1: Okay. Nonna. Italian. I'm not Italian. And I like Babushka.
2: (laughs) I might like to be Babushka Lorraine. Okay. But is that, I think you're just... Trying to line me up to do some singing, aren't you? Do a bit of Kate Bush because uh, I haven't done much singing or rapping, no. even on this. I've missed it, <laughs> but I know that in Germany it's Omar, which is like quite that. nice. Don't have any German connections. Apparently, Gaga is another one. Can we be Lady Gargas? I call you Gaga quite a lot anyway. Thank you. Then, nothing. Um, my, my niece actually has Portuguese grandparents and they're Vovos which Bovo. is quite sweet quite like a vovo that's a, mm, that's a, a risk nice one to go wrong i think <laughs> it's over. we've got more grandparent chat coming up haven't we because our special guest is makeup artist and entrepreneur ruby hammer um and she'll be advising us on our midlife makeup and also chatting about her fabulous life and family dynamics ruby did my makeup once for red magazine there was a dress like oh. a
1: shoot i was very distracted because she's so beautiful close oh, out I know. <laughs> she's so oh, lovely oh, yes. yeah well apart from the useful makeup tip we will also be getting some practical advice for our listeners because I'm going to be talking about midlife finances in our how to win part of the show after Ruby's interview so stay tuned for that I've spoken to experts though Trish I'm not just doing a bit of (laughs) Lorraine (laughs) economics
2: oh my god I don't know you might do a better job on the uh, economy at the moment (laughs) the budget but even with your kind of dreadful knowledge of numbers but as I said All I want is good news this week, so let's not mention that. Which brings me to our lovely family on Facebook who've been supplying the laughs with their brain fog bloopers. Keely posted that her brain fog means she has lost her hoover. She says it has been MIA, that's missing in action to you, Lorraine, for three days now. Mine's been missing for 10 years, Trish, but that's deliberate. <laughs> you filthy, filthy person. <laughs> I was
1: really feeling for Bid, though. That's a lovely name, isn't it? She's, yeah. She posted that she had walked an extra mile on her dog walk to look for a ball that was in her pocket. <laughs> and when she got home, she accidentally dropped her frozen shoulder painkillers on the floor as she was feeding the dog. And then she was really worried that she'd fed the dog the painkillers. She hadn't. And there were some shenanigans with her keys oh. as well. Poor old Bid.
2: Oh, well, as long as she hasn't eaten the dog's worming tub, <laughs> that's
1: my
3: oh, mistake,
2: no. that could happen. But do keep those brain fog moments coming for the blue charts. We love reading them because it does make us feel a little bit less mad and less alone. It does. We are beside you all the way,
1: especially Karen. Did you see Karen's post mm-hmm. this week? Trish. Karen had a dream that she went on a spa
2: with us. Was <laughs> <laughs> it a dream or a nightmare? can't
1: be sure i can't be sure well it would have been a nightmare if she's listening to me being massaged because you know i hate being touched (laughs) it's my worst
2: nightmare going on a spa Well, Karen will be able to to do that. Well, she won't be able to do a spot, but she's going to be able to spend the day with us, isn't she? She Not too far in the distance. Next May, when we bring postcards from Midlife to Life at the Business Design Centre in London, tickets are on sale now. The website has gone live. It's postcardsfrommidlifelive.com. So do please go on there, have a look, and check in on our social media too about all the very, very exciting activity. Yeah, you'll have to calm down a bit before the actual day, Trish. And there'll be no rapping and singing (laughs) on stage. Can you imagine? (laughs) I don't know. I think people would pay to see that. (laughs) They pay extra to see that. (laughs) Anyway, let's go on with the show. This week's special guest is makeup artist extraordinaire and entrepreneur Ruby Hammer. MBE. Ruby rose to fame creating iconic looks on 80s supermodels before launching Ruby and Millie, Britain's first inclusive makeup artist range, to cater for diverse skin tones at an affordable price point. We also have Ruby's sound business brain to thank for bringing brands such as Aveda, Tweezerman, Mr Mascara and L'Occitane to the UK, which she did in partnership with her ex-husband George Hammer, with whom she shares a daughter, Rina. Born in Jos, Nigeria to Bangladeshi parents, Ruby moved to London at the age of 12 and began her career on the shop floor in Harrods, where she made the most of her store discount to by makeup and fashion magazines. After completing an economics degree, a chance encounter led her to work as an assistant to a makeup artist, and a few short years later, Ruby was a leading artist in her own right. After her divorce in 2000, Ruby met Martin Kosmarski, COO of the Soho House Group. And despite her reservations about their age gap, he is 10 years younger than her, they married six years later. Now age 60, Ruby is a grandmother to Rena's son, Max, and is also busy nurturing her signature capsule collection of beauty essentials, Ruby Hammer Beauty, an award winning range of brushes, precision eyeliners, and hybrid lip serum balms. She's here with us today to share her midlife makeup and beauty know how and talk marriage second time round. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife, Ruby. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Thank you for
3: having me.
2: Let's start at the beginning of your love affair with makeup as a teenager, it really started at a young age it sparked by your move to the UK from Nigeria? I mean, were you the sort of kids you have posters on your bedroom walls no, and no, David so Bowie or what was
3: it? I never had any pop stars on many posters. I always had models and makeup and photographers and all that. But that love affair is not teenage years since I've come to this country. It's inspired by my late mum. My mum had me at 17 in Nigeria. If you're a young woman and you're keeping up with the fashion, she was very fashionable. By 21, she'd had all three children, but she'd be working because she was a housewife. She'd work. And then by the time all the cooking is done and she's gone and showered and changed, she had like a wig stand, short hair, curls, ringlets, this and that. It's a 60. So imagine single set of lashes, double lashes, this makeup, that makeup, that perfume. She always did it. And I used to just watch that transformation we had no TV growing up so it was all Bollywood movies every night live open air and I used to think god my mum's like a Bollywood movie star with a bit of makeup she becomes a star and each one is different you know it wasn't the same I'll just do the same old eyeliner this she would transform herself and that's where the love comes from to see oh my god this is nice but My father was a doctor, so it meant that you still have to study at school. It was never, oh, you do this, and that means you're frivolous and not paying attention. It was just part and parcel of being a person being way rounded that you can have an interest in fashion if you make an effort about your appearance is seen as superficial you're not serious about your job about your career can you not be an all-rounded human being and care about yeah. these earrings that means I'm still a great lawyer I'm still a great nurse I'm still a
1: doctor I'm a scientist right right so in a way then the makeup was really important to you and your mum, and you carrying on doing it really tied you to your mum, didn't it? It was really powerfully kept you close to her throughout your life. And
3: my father was a very serious man. He was not unhumorous or anything, but he's very serious, he's very disciplined. My mum came from a very wealthy family. She had privilege, she had luxury. My father was from a very poor family and there were seven or eight of them and they all had to be educated because you don't get anywhere in this life, according to them, doesn't come in business. They're not entrepreneurs. You have to work, discipline, hard work. So I've seen that as well and not seen my mum's because she was sociable, it was grace. When he went up the ladder, when he gave these dinner parties or cocktail parties, his, my mum was not just a trophy wife. She actually did the canopies, cooked the dinner, looked after us and still swung around with this lovely grace and elegance and was a foil to him, not competing with him, but they were a unit. I have that in me as a benchmark for life.
1: And you came to this country when you were 12 and you you yes. made this your career. And one of the brilliant things you did, and Trish and I were witnessing this <laughs> as we were working on uh, magazines, is, is you made makeup accessible for women with all different skin tones. It was really so much part of your ethos. How far have we come? What was it like when you started?
3: It was always in me. I am Asian. That is me so i mm-hmm. have to find what is equivalent to me and some things were easy i used to have for base it was like fashion flare or Flory Roberts, bought in in like a very John Lewis. small choice, I guess. Very maybe. small. I choice. mean, Bobby
1: Brown was doing some a bigger mix. Not wasn't not it? in yeah. my
3: teen years, yeah. but by the time I was in my launching the product, yes, Bobby Brown was there, Mac was there, and they were amazing. They were fantastic. And you start off with a blank piece of paper. It was just the given that how can I be the face of a brand. And not have a foundation for me and then they also said things you know where they do research and it says oh yeah the age group is sort of 20 to 35 and by that time I was already in my 40s so I'm thinking what are you going to like leave me out of it no we were only allowed 10 foundations and I said you've got to push it to two just so that I've got something for me otherwise this does not make sense. I'm going to be on that poster with Millie. And if there's nothing, about, I'm going to wear a foundation from Bobby Brown and Mac. How does that look? Now we know that that's called diversity. That's called inclusivity. We didn't know that that's what the title was. We just did it.
2: Ruby, take us back to those heady, exciting days of the kind of 80s and 90s when you were doing the supermodels, the shows, the big fashion shoots. What are some of the ones that maybe have stuck in your mind?
3: From not being just an assistant, they're my show. So imagine that time doing John Galliano's show in the UK, one of his last ones actually, in the UK before he went off to Paris. Mm-hmm. Stefan Marais, who is a god and an artist, was the lead artist, but then they wanted someone who wasn't uh, inexperienced, but knew these girls. And I wasn't so proud. I thought, God, I can work with Stefan and John Galliano and I did those shows. So. You've, mm-hmm. got your who, you've got your Naomi's, you've got your Did you, Who
1: did you do? Which models did you do?
3: Everyone and, and then by the sideline, you're doing editorial. So, Krista uh Cindy Crawford would not have been Galliano type, she's no. too curvy so all those thin girls, like the Kate Mosses of the world, all the girls of that era, of mm. that elk Helena Christensen um even. It must Hurt have been Stover. very exciting,
1: was it yeah. a pinch me moment? For there this are amazing. lots of pinch me moments
3: where the first time you ever shoot for British folk, I shot for French folk because I had a French agent I had an agent in the UK but I never bloody got a look into British Vogue mm-hmm. when I joined and had a French agent I got my first booking for British By by my (laughs) French agent. So I still laugh that it's still this day and age, there is all that kind of thing subtly going on. Things where it was folks' 50th anniversary. You know, I did the makeup for everybody that was being photographed for it. And then they said, oh, we want you to be part of that as well. So I sat in there where Phil, I think it was Phil Pointner, that took that picture with 50, you know, Prince Charles in the middle. And then we're all around. You need a magnifying glass to find me. But I was still, (laughs) I was still there. So there were those... Moments, you know, there, there are there's some lovely things in my life that's very hard to pick one moment. But editorially went to St. Bart's for L magazine, huge beauty shoot with all the models top models of that time so every day was a new one Beverly
2: Johnson, Cindy Crawford, Daniela Pestova, Eva Hertzkova. Let's move far forward a few years to where we are now women in our mid and uh, talking about you specifically Ruby has makeup changed for you as you've aged I mean you look absolutely stunning oh, and no you, different to how when we would have first met you all those years ago but you are what, kind. What would be an everyday makeup Look for you now? And is it, have you had to change things? Yes, we all have
3: to change things. Mm -hmm. And it's my philosophy personally, and it is my philosophy as an expert, as a makeup artist out there. You cannot keep doing the same old thing that you did when you were in your teens, in your 20s, in your 30s, 40s, and onwards. I am now 60. I'm going to be 61 in December. I'm at the tail end of menopause. So if I didn't adapt, I've got the same skin I've got slightly look I get a little bit oilier shinier I have always had a bit of pigmentation but the skin is a bit thinner and crappier. What do
1: you do with the pigmentation tell us just give us the secret.
3: First addressing it with skincare so I have yeah. to have things like ni- you know, niacinamide or I have to have hyaluronic acid I have to I have to be careful with retinols because my skin is not sensitive but it's thinner so it can get dry if I don't have a barrier cream. So I've always protected my skin. I've always cleansed properly and I've moisturized. So there's also the difference now where, is it dehydrated or is it dry? So you have to moisturize, but you have to hydrate. I look at eye things. I don't know, I've got pet peeve. I love doing things around my eyes, You know, just an eye cream, a gel cream, massaging, patting. And then when it comes to makeup, Less is more at this age, but you need the right thing. So I will spend money on a great foundation. Not that I use it everywhere. I'll dab it on where I need it. Do you it. dab
1: it on with your hand? This is my, I never know what to do. Is it hands or a little bit of, of the spongy thing? Why, How do why you put is on it foundation? always
3: one or the other? I use fingers oh. when it's appropriate. I use a sponge when it's appropriate. And I use a brush when it's appropriate. And you say if dabbing. You... Like this, I, I do dab like that. I, I like use like that. a moisturiser. If my skin feels great, I will just use it like a moisturiser. If it needs layers built up, I have to do that.
2: Dabbing, okay. you're dabbing with a, sponge, away. With a blush.
3: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like saying to a chef, are you only going to use one saucepan and one, tool?" <laughs> Would you ever ask that to a Michelin chef? No. He's gonna say, I use as many bloody tools as I need Ruby's telling me off, Trish. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's <laughs> not a telling off at all, Lorraine, because you've asked a seriously intelligent
1: question. Have I? So I have yes. Unusual.
3: to say, why do people always think it's mm. either or?
1: Can I ask one thing? I'm sorry, Trish, I'm I'm hogging the Ruby makeup good. <laughs> no, go yeah. for it. Get it, get all it, the answers. Listen. When you get older and the skin is a bit crepier. Yes. There's a a, a Zoom filter on here, so don't take any notice of this. It comes off. The makeup comes off. It particularly comes off of your eyes. It comes, it's sort of, you put it on and then about an hour later, it's all disappeared. How do you get your makeup to stay on older skin? You go back a step to the skincare, to
3: the prep. Right. Right. So that means you have to nourish it. You have to hydrate it, but maybe you're being heavy-handed Partly, Mm -hmm. you're just using too much because you think, oh, my God, I have to feel comfortable and I have to feel nourishing and I have to pat it all on. I do thin layers because if you know that this is where it goes off, I I use all the stuff, but very light-handed to make sure it's well absorbed. Mm -hmm. Whatever concealer or whatever I use... I do, again, light handed. You might have to set it with a little bit of a powder or you might have to use a primer that's appropriate Mm -hmm. for that area. Just wow. maybe the eyes might be just in that little bit of the t zone. Mm-hmm. I don't use it there because I'm dry there. I'm dry,
2: dry there. Dry on your forehead but, and cheeks. Yeah. 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 But
3: here, I'm always
2: on your chin. By the
3: yeah. course of two hours, it's going to come through. Invest in really good, beautiful powders from Shantikai, from By Terry, from Makeup Forever, from Pat McGrath that are, are talc free. And I use a tiny brush.
2: Mm -hmm. not a big
3: but a little bit and I do that
2: and you're, you're just brushing it onto your... your and kind I do of it on the lid. It's, it's Just on the lids, where you need it. Your, yeah. Tell us about your makeup look today. What are you wearing today? Because you, you touched on the fact that we have to reevaluate. we have to change. So tell us what your... You so, talked a lot about the skin and the prep, but in terms of makeup... I had
3: a very brisk walk before this. So I walked, showered, everything clean. I've done my skincare. So eye cream and a little bit of serum. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going out. I'm doing this here. I'm not actually going out. So I just did a bit of serum lightly and it's a glorious day today I don't know when you're going to hear this but it was nice and light so all I did was I did concealer lighter under my eyes mm-hmm. and a darker one on these areas on I haven't got chin. foundation on and that's where, got the got the foundation, head, where the foundation just where I need it here, yeah. here a little bit on the cheek so I did that mm-hmm. with my finger and a bit of a sponge dab 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 mm-hmm. and very lightly did tap powder on and here it's a small brush here. you're using yeah just Ace a tiny powder. one. Yeah, I call it strategic application. Yeah. Everybody just goes, Foundation, I'll put it on everywhere. Yeah. Bronzer, I'll put it on everywhere. Powder, I'll put it on everywhere. Just look at yourself. Where do you need it? Just mm-hmm. put it on there. Do you have to wear glasses
2: when you're doing that? Because I can't see myself anymore. Uh, glasses I, I, on.
3: You're absolutely spot on. No, mm. I just have the hugest, biggest magnifying mirror.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: And then when I'm working professionally, when I've got to do someone else, I have my proper glasses that I
2: can look at everything. So that's the skin. Tell us about the eyes because your eyes are looking very pretty. I've got nothing.
3: All I've done is a bit of that sheen is there. I've just done my eyebrows, Mm filled them in and combed them out with my brush. Just filled, you know, just did the spoolie and brushed them up. I curled my lashes. I've got one coat of mascara and that's it. I haven't got any eyeshadow. Oh, okay, okay. Nothing because I didn't have time, I did not yeah. want to be late for yeah. you. Then I would not miss out on blush. Okay. This, as you get older,
1: controversial.
3: People yeah, hmm. they get worried about rosacea, they get worried yeah. about I'm going to look all hot and flushed. But this is what gives you life. Mm-hmm. Is this powder see, blush or uh, what cream, you do you I've got cream on, I just used cream a brush. Enough. But if you are if it's floating off and it's disappearing, a very beautiful powder blush now, there's so many. Gorgeous
1: te- technology. And where do you out put there? it, Ruby? Is on. You do, I you smile,
3: smile, and then do the. the I smile. Apples. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm going to use my mind. Smile, not too near the nose, and not too near the eyeball. There, up and upwards and outwards. Got it. Mm-hmm. Upwards so it lifts. You can't yeah. drag it down here. You don't want it going down. You want it up and down. Mm-hmm. And a cream, easier to blend, softer look, but it will budge. So you've got Mm -hmm. to know your textures. Mm -hmm. Powder will be long lasting, but you need to make an effort blending it with a proper tool, not a huge brush, and not a tiny brush like that. You can't do your blushing with that. It's just gonna get stripes. And you can't use a big one like that because you're gonna get it from here all the way there. Who wears blush like that? You just want it there for a bit of a youthful glow. It's not about getting younger. It's not about chiseling or shaping your face. And by the time we are lucky enough to be in our midlife, you have got some confidence to know your face, but you want to flatter it. And every face is different. So don't just go looking for formulas. Look at yours. What works for you? Do
1: that. Tell us about your wonderful husband. I love looking at the pair of you on Instagram. Now, he's younger than you, isn't he? he? But You seem to do a lot of fitness and all sorts together. Tell us about him and tell us about life now with him.
3: I I simply adore him. And we've now been together 18 years, Mm -hmm. married 12, but been together. So when I first met him... Because he was younger you know, it was, it was, I did fall in love, but I didn't know that. I didn't need to get married. He was insistent, we have to get married. And he'd never been married and didn't have children. I was already divorced and I had a, a biological clock, was not ticking away because I was lucky enough to have my daughter, Rena. And it was, my, again, my late mum, she says, why don't you want to get married? She said, how you were with George on paper, I look perfect, you're successful, you have this many years together. Why are you so adamant not to want to marry Martin? I said, it's just that if he wanted children and he's with me, I don't know if I can guarantee we can have healthy children. And I don't want to deprive him of that in life. It just goes, no, 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 that's what I want. He's an only child as well. Mm -hmm. And I said, you need to go home to Italy, speak to your mum and your best friends about what this means to have me in your life. Because it's fine for me. You're the one who's going to be deprived. I've been divorced and I know how painful that is, and I know how lots of different things don't pan out. Came back and he really thought about it, his mom and all that. He said, No, I love you and I want my life with you, and we will do what we need to do to address that. And the weirdest thing now, ladies, is with my little grandson now, it's as though we are young parents again. Oh. <laughs> we
2: how are. just Max? Max?
3: Max is nine months. Between me and him, we're like besotted it's it's a great help to rena Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying her you know george or georgina who are the other side of the grandparents don't adore him of course they do but we live very near them and this is our chance that we 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 live vicariously
2: through this oh what else makes the marriage work what's different about this marriage there are lessons in life and
3: if i've been divorced and i got married at 23 at 24 I was pregnant 25 I had Rena I was married for 15 whole years there were many things there I worked with George I fielded out there my own career all the things and he was a wonderful dad he really Mm -hmm. was I had a partner in that I can't take that away from him he was a wonderful dad he was a really good husband too at the beginning and then when it ends it ends because it Mm -hmm. was painful and whatever you have lessons to learn I took our marriage for granted. I just thought we're there, and with I'd never slept with anyone other than George. I'd had boyfriends, but I'd never slept with anyone. He's my husband, he's my business partner, he was my lover, he's the father of my children. He was in cost in the family. I took it for granted. I do not take my marriage with Martin for granted. Mm-hmm. To grow old together, you have to make an effort. What would Martin like? I think of that before I do anything, including... Oh, I like as, that. As desperately as I love my family, and I do love my family. That's my daughter, my grandson, my two brothers, because I have no living parents anymore. But when they were there, everything has to be... I have four pillars. This is your boundary. Family, my own self-esteem and worth... That's nothing to do with being a woman, a wife, a sister. You have to have your own standard that you got to look at yourself in the mirror. Can you live with these decisions? And subsection, I'm a woman. I've got to do as much as I can for my flipping sex. Because mm-hmm. you know what? If we don't do it and pass that baton on to the next generation, who's going to do it? then the next generation hopefully will do
1: it for their daughters. Yes, that's one of the reasons why we're talking to you because one of the yeah. things we feel that this generation is doing and uh, is talking about what women go through in midlife. So, you know, the conversation about menopause, perimenopause hasn't really happened before. It is happening to so our daughters. Genius. Don't... It is so brilliant. What, what was your midlife experience? Do so, you...
3: my menopause started when I was 50, when my mum was diagnosed with cancer. And they said she's got two weeks to live. Oh. Instantly, my hair went gray, and I've never had a period since. Now, my late father was a doctor. So I remember my mum was also in her 50s when she and he was still alive at the time. So it was probably that age when she had her menopause, he was still alive. And I remember she's the most calm, placid woman. And then one day she was saying she just, just the plate smash. And we just all kind of looked and he said, don't worry, that's just your mother going through the change. And he did it very medically because he knows what she's going through. Mm. He said, I think you're going to need HRT. She did have HRT. But by the time I was going through it, I had no dad and I had no Mm. mum to ask objectively, medically. And when I did go to my GP, they diagnosed me that I'm in the grieving process and he gave me Prozac it's now Very common uh, story it, it is I never took it but I still don't think we've gone far enough so now I want it to be matter of fact like it is about acne skin like it is about dehydrated skin but again it's not a formula even for the menopause women they don't all go through everything in no, the same way different, so it? we need that knowledge and that area of expertise mm-hmm.
2: And for you, of course, it was that classic midlife thing where you've got your own thing going on with your perimenopause and then your poor mother and you're dealing with and you've you know you've got your daughter, yes. your business, your mum, your everything that must have been. But so I hard had for everything you.
3: just and then when I lost her a year later, everything kept crashing down. Oh. So I did have brain fog, night sweats, hot flushes, losing things which I've done. Like I've got a news open just around the corner. I literally went out in my flip-flops in the heart of winter. no keys in hand phone flip flops went to get paper or milk or I don't even know what because I forgot by the time I got there and then I realised I've got no keys to come back in Mm. had to ring Martin he had to put his keys in the cab driver and said go in a cafe and go go and wait inside you're going to get pneumonia and I had for the first time anxiety Mm. and that bit of didn't know how to dress I've always been I used to dresser, yeah. but I thank you yeah. for saying that. But I just had sweatpants and just constant. there were cashmere sweat-on pants, but they were all baggy and shapeless. And and you lost
1: yourself, do you think? Yeah, lost you. Yes,
3: I did for a good two years because I was grieving mm. mum, but I didn't know I was in the menopause, so there was all of that and then I didn't have so many hot flushes but I still had a bit of brain fog I still had a bit of anxiety you go to a PR thing and everyone is all younger how did you get
1: back to who you are because you're very confident now you've just launched all this beautiful products you're still top of your business
3: it's that pillow you have to know yourself don't you Mm. I knew that even after my divorce well he didn't want me anymore but does that mean I'm useless? That I'm, not, I'm worthless? No, my, my daughter loves me. My parents love me. My brothers love me. I can still do. My hands were shaking, but I can still do a good makeup if I get the job. Yeah. I don't have to be 21 to be fully creative. I've got experience.
1: Have you given all this confidence to Rena? Do you think? Have you given her this? I can this well only of hope. Confidence.
3: I show by example. And yes, the bad thing I did with her is is that it was too overwhelming for her that I wasn't able to suppress the pain. But she saw it as a teenager, which is when we were getting divorced. It was probably too much for her. She's 35, nearly 36 now. She understands it now because you can only show that
1: by example. Where do you get your energy from? Do you exercise? Are you a kind of... I'm a a
3: life exerciser. No, I don't do yoga, but I'm very flexible. So I know... I have to stretch now more because since lockdown and since getting older, I I have shriveled and shrunk. So I have to do weight-bearing exercise. I have a trainer now twice a week, which I have to do. I've gone for my medical test and unfortunately my cholesterol has gone up because we have heart Uh disease in the family. My father Uh was skinny. I've been skinny, but this is... This is where one needs to know just not about appearances. As you get older, you need it all about your well-being and health. So I'm going to have to move my ass a little bit more now. I'm going to have to actually (laughs) sweat and get that heart rate going other than just doing the weight-bearing for my osteoporosis or for the mental whatever. Mm -hmm. And I read. I I tap into everything. Mm -hmm. I do meditate. You have to Care enough about yourself, and when some days you don't fulfil it, it's okay. You've got to do what you love, what gives you joy. I love doing makeup. I love talking to women like yourself. I love giving attention to my family. I adore my husband. I can spend every bit of my time with him, but he works. I work, but we give each other love and attention. I try to be a good human being, a good friend. Sometimes I manage it all by juggling. Sometimes I don't. I mm-hmm. forgive myself for it. Mm-hmm. Treat yourself like you would your best mate, because mm-hmm. you would do that for your friend. And we neglect doing that for ourselves.
2: So turning 60, tell us what we've got to look forward to about turning 60. And what did you do to celebrate? We've got five years.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We're That's on good. our way. You've We're got, on, on our ages. way. The 50s now are like the 40s used to be. Mm-hmm. And to be really honest, I love every decade yes I don't love the losing my hair Mm -hmm. I don't love the slight thickening of my waist that I'm making peace with I'm still battling against it but I'm making peace with it your knowledge of yourself I don't sit there and go what is everyone going to think about me at this age I've earned the right to do you know what I'm not going to change now my mum died at 67 so I've only got six years more to go Mm -hmm. I may be gone like that Mm-hmm. So you need to be aware that every moment of your life now, I'm not, I, and I'm not a hypochondriac and I'm not a pessimist, but live with joy, bring more joy into your life so that don't wait to 60 to do it. There's no such thing as retirement, there's no such time and not to bring joy in your life. And... Take care. So if you need to be energetic, because, oh, I feel a bit tired, go have your blood tested. See if there's something there. Is it HRT? Is it vitamins? Is it you've got too much on your plate? Is it because you're not breathing enough? Do what gives you joy. Mm -hmm. See people that give you joy. I'd like a bit more money. I'd love my brand to be bigger and wow. But I know to do that, I'm going to kill myself and not see Max, not see Martin and not be there for other things. So I will carve it out at my
1: pace. Thank you for that. So you've launched Ruby, which is lovely. So Ruby really Hammer, nice yes. This is 30 years of experience with really There's mindful There's some new things products. coming.
3: I'm very Good. proud of it. And as I say, it works with lots of other things. And I'm going to push away slowly and take it as far as I can, because that's what I've always done.
0: Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
2: Money makes the world go round. <laughs>
0: I they changed you your
2: medication I <laughs> well i went to see cabaret finally last night and of oh, course that exciting. song was in it and i thought how serendipitous because today's episode of how to win at midlife the helpful useful part of the podcast where we offer advice based on experts we've interviewed on our listeners behalf it's all about money isn't it and we're going to be tackling midlife finances um as our budgets and cost and the cost of living are at the forefront of all of our minds right now aren't they um you chatted to lisa conway hughes of the website misslolly.com didn't you lorraine
1: I did. Um, Lisa's a financial expert. She's the author of Money Lessons, How to Manage Your Finances to Get the Life You Want. She also works in a wealth management firm, so she's in the thick of it day by day, um, and she advises women privately too. I also chatted to Jesse Hewitson, who's the money and business editor at the iPaper as well. Um, now, one of the issues women face at this stage of life with money, and it's so so common, and it comes up everywhere, doesn't it? On our Facebook, especially, mm-hmm. is we have a real lack of confidence in handling money. Um, I'm terrified of it. I don't know. Mm. I don't know why. I hand it. I've written about this before. I hand it all to my husband, not because I think he's better than me, but because I just have a slight. Mm. Fit. And I'm also a little bit shameful that I I'm incompetent, or I think I'm incompetent in yes. that area.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, well, it's a stressful thing. I'm pretty good with the day to day, you know, that because I think um, my yeah. dear old mum, she always said, look after the pennies and the pounds will look after themselves. It took me a while to work out what that meant. But when I did, I was like, ah, oh, I get what she means, just having real close attention to detail on that daily stuff. But it is, oh my God, the pensions, savings, mm-hmm. anything like that. And I think interesting at the moment I'm I'm really worrying about it with everything that's that's going on in the world and I'm thinking a lot about it which is kind of worrying me a bit keeping me up at night in fact
1: yeah yeah, I think it's one of those, we've reached a stage because it's in every headline, it's on the mm. front pages of all the papers and perhaps because we don't feel confident, it makes us anxious thinking this is, we're now having, this is being asked of us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you want to know what the experts told I me? I definitely do. I so had long please, conversations. I'm making notes, I'm making notes. Right, well, um, What I did find out was very comforting and reassuring, but it really does require women to grab the bull by the horns, especially if they're going through a divorce or Mm. they're dealing with elderly parents or the death of a partner, and get engaged with finances. Both the experts I spoke to said it was incredibly common for women to hand over management to male partners, um, mainly because they were too busy doing all the domestic Mm, stuff, which they do for free, which cost them a fortune in the end in life. i gone a bit militant there, haven't I, from Viz? Anyway, women do believe that men are better at handling it and they may be better than you at handling it, but that they don't doesn't mean that they are good at handling Mm -hmm. it. So we do have to be involved. Both advisors said we really have to communicate with whoever else we are living with and budgeting with um, around what's going on. I'm going to give you the top line on what they told me. Okay, invest, invest, invest. Women do not invest. They don't Mm -hmm. save and they don't invest. Men much more likely to do it. So you should only have in your bank account to live on three to six months cash, budgeted, sat there. Anything else has to be saved and right. invested. Okay. Now, you get advi- advice to do that. You can use a stock market tracker scheme. Um, plenty out there. Go to the money pages of the papers or look at savings accounts with great interest. That's kind of the the main way of doing that. You should do a midlife MOT because really after 40... Everything starts to change. So usually yeah. everything that goes in and comes out will begin to change, and um, especially when things like kids go into uni, all that stuff. And you should be looking at not monthly but year-long. You should be looking at this year and potential next year. If you can afford a financial advisor, both um, of the experts said to me, you, you get a financial diagnosis session where you take everything in. Okay. It's about 360 pounds, but that will be saved. Um yes, They, they say nine out of 10 times you will save that money back because you will have unclaimed things. You will be investing in places where there isn't the right interest. And, you know, pensions are obviously a massive thing because women have a lot less in the pension pot um, as they get older. So reviewing it, looking at what's not claimed, investing and saying mm-hmm. this is the place to start i mean it all sounds very sensible lisa said to me that the people that come in say it's a terrible terrible mess this is a disaster i've really messed up she said she has always seen worse so don't you know don't put your (laughs) hands up and say i'm useless i'm rubbish and feel any shame around it Mm -hmm. because she would have seen worse she said and it's always all sortable Um, none of it's a a, a massive problem if you're in debt there are a lot of charities that give you free
2: advice as well and we'll put them um, on the website So specifically around divorce, then, if you find yourself, you know, in this situation and you haven't been in control of the money, you really do need to go and see a financial advisor and not hope that it will all come out in the wash? You do, because legally your partner in marriage cannot
1: hide anything. -hmm. So they have to be transparent. So they have what they call forensic accountants. Mm -hmm. So if your partner is hiding something, then if you see a financial advisor, they will put you in touch with a forensic accountant who will be able to find any money because it is quite common for for men. Yeah, men take big, much bigger risks with money as well that you Mm. might know of. And um, there's been a lot of research, according to Jesse from the iPaper, on the fact that women see money as for the family, men see money as something to invest. Pay with and, and they therefore they do. And actually that means they often have a lot more savings because they've they've made more investments with it and they have done things like stock market tracker schemes yes. a, a little bit more worried about that according to all the research. But the money can't be hidden. So mm-hmm. you should know about it and you should have access to all of it. But a financial advisor will be able to help you do that. That's why they say this diagnosis session is really worth it if you can afford it, because you do you will get that money back.
2: So yeah if anybody is lying awake at night worrying about this that is the signal isn't it that they they really need to be doing something yeah. and we just need to, to kind of get that more confident attitude around it and it's such a shame isn't it because we manage so much in family life without a second thought we can we can do all sorts of yeah. amazing things all mm. that unpaid caring but we freeze in the face of finance
1: and I think also there is quite a lot of help out there i mean there if you are in debt and you're very confused and you don't know what to do about it there's a charity that offers free advice um it's a government charity called step change that's just one of the many charities so you can have a look there and they will bring you the details of what you're doing and where, because it might be that you have three or four things that you need to pay off and you might be paying off the wrong thing. If you get some free advice or you go to a financial advisor, they'll work out which debt you need to clear first and how you need to clear it. I mean, I looked at kind of stock market tracker investments mm. afterwards because i thought well, well surely you need loads of money and you don't and it's, no, like, it's just okay. basically a computer you just put in a, a sum that you don't want to use for sort of three to five years and you leave it and, it, and it's managed by the computer and there are, you can choose roughly where you want to do it and how you want to do it. i'll put some details on the facebook as well of the ones mm. that jesse mentioned but you know there are a lot of tools that i think women aren't aware are out there and once you found them and you've signed up for them that's it you just can leave it but what you shouldn't be doing is leaving money in, in a normal bank account both right. the advisor said to me that would be mad you know you yeah. should have enough to live on for six months and anything mm. else you really need to save because the savings gap for women is absolutely is enormous it, and the pension apparently 25 yeah. percent of women have less than five thousand pounds in the pot at retirement which is you know if you're <gasps> yeah. single at that point yeah um you know, that's quite a, a tiny amount
0: yeah. to yeah. live
2: on, isn't it? But the thing is that you know, in midlife there is still time to do something about that yeah. and to, and to get it sorted. But it is that kind of um, you know being able to think ahead about it. Should we have a chat about some of the little money saving things we're trying to do? Because everyone, everyone I speak to is tightening their belts, aren't oh, they? No. I mean, what, I know you're you putting doing? your crisps in the, <laughs> the
1: freezer. That's really not going <laughs> to change the
2: fate of our future. Well, it, it won't. But gosh. I'm literally. I've, I've downloaded a money manager app on my phone, and I've started putting in all any every day anything I spend Hang I on. It in there. Reel it back. You have downloaded an app. Uh, yes, that's that's number, step one. There's an app that I you I have managed your to fears. Do. <laughs> And uh, but yeah, it's brilliant. I just put in, you know, you just put in your what you spend, and you can right. have little categories, and it just shows you, um, you know, what you're spending, and it just helps you to sort of fish. I mean, my idea of what I was spending in a week was about two hundred pounds off, and I was like, oh my god, I'm spending at least two hundred pounds a week more than I think I am. So it really helped me with that. Because the kids are have gone, we're empty nest yes. now, no lights on in the house. <laughs> I'm not allowed to have the lights on in the garden. So it's kind of a bit... um well, the fuel bills are enormous. They're oh like my triple, aren't they? Yeah, Neil, yeah. I li- Neil's face literally turned white the other day when we got the... You know, because mm. they estimate forwards, don't they? What yeah. You, what they think yeah. you can... And it's literally four times as
1: much as ours We've got all the little yes. measures, metres in the house now.
2: Oh, yes. All the smart metres and all different the things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and also, I mean,
1: it's worth um, going through all your subscriptions I think because yeah. yeah. there's legacy stuff that we've had for years to newspapers and um, charity donations that we were making when the kids were little to pet yeah. charities and things like that so yeah. we're making lots of tiny donations when yes. we could be making one significant one exactly. which would probably better off for a food charity yeah. or something that helps people who might it need all, it more now
2: it all adds up you know even just you know obviously things like managing food waste is, is more important than ever and you know we always talk about the brilliant cookery books that out there I made something the other day that was delicious I had a savoy cabbage and a butternut squash loitering in the back of the fridge and I made the most <laughs> <With> delicious <intent. laughs> loitering with intent <laughs> yes the intention of going moldy and me having to throw them in the bin and uh, anyway the, our lovely Anna Jones cookbooks I made this amazing sort of roasted cabbagey thing delicious Apart from it did leave a bit of a sort of OAP home smell <laughs> <laughs> but you know it was good no lights on roasted cabbage. i think the other yeah. issue
1: that happens sometimes when you have a bigger or a busier family and we always like buy bulk buy in the mm. world food section of mm. the supermarket because you can get massive rice and the six of us yeah up until a few weeks ago is is to review all that as well yeah. i think yeah isn't it? exactly just, everything in the supermarket has tripled yeah. in price me and my son because he loves a supermarket shop we went around looking at it all and working out were we buying the right quantities was it better and, and for years I think we're in obviously an incredibly privileged position but for years you just do it don't you just buy yeah. it without thinking oh, yes. about it and actually yes. there, there are ways to
2: save money there yeah well I'm buying my prunes from Lidl now you'll be pleased to know because they do very good prunes in Lidl but um, I think we should get sharing all of this on the Facebook group Absolutely. and see what other people are doing because everyone's got ideas and it is about of sharing ideas and I think it's also uh, worth people just being aware of what they might be entitled to and what they can get so do go on to gov.uk because there are cost of living payments that you might be entitled to if you're on certain tax credits and things like that so it's it's about getting the help that you were entitled to as well I think yeah moment. and there are so food
1: just... sharing apps like the oleo yeah. food sharing app and also what we've done as well is look in our specific area um, for the charities that need very specific donations so a lot of food banks don't need the kind of things you might think they need they need toilet rolls they need all sorts of things for um people who are really suffering as well so we've done a little review of that i think
2: if we're going to save some money in our
1: supermarket shop perhaps we can make buy things
2: to give to the food banks as well yeah gosh it definitely is a time for for sort of taking stock and reviewing reviewing everything and yes money every crisp matters that's
1: why they're in the freezer Mm -hmm. I need, I need some different bubbing, bubbing, uh, barring. We are at Nostalgia Noodle, where we step back in time for all our Gen X listeners. Um, this week, an email landed in my mm-hmm. inbox about something called, I don't understand what it means, Nostalgia standing. Mm. So this is the new generation, millennials, Gen Z, finally discovering real life dating, actual face to face oh meeting my God. people in places and being nostalgic about it so they
2: have to give it a name don't they I
1: don't it mean, can't, can't just be dating can it? it wrongly anyway That's... it made me think back to what was my first ever proper date ah, not cool. vernon not vernon and the first kiss no can no. you hear was... the drilling behind me yeah. the builder drilling yeah <laughs> Keep going, keep going. Ignore it. I'll go around. I'm just going to keep talking past the drilling. Anyway, I remember going on a date, like in a restaurant date when I was sort of Hmm. 19. I think it was like a proper date, having a curry, and then what? Watching a film. What film do you think we went to see?
2: Oh God. Oh gosh. 19. Oh, I don't know. Is it sort of early 80s? Is it? Wasn't Top Gun or something like that? Yes. (laughs) Brilliant. Really. Top Gun. Yeah. Excellent. Went to see Top Gun. (laughs) <laughs> oh, was that?
1: Yes. yes. Okay. didn't last very long. My oh, man no. was an estate agent. I mean, what was oh. I thinking? Okay. There's nothing okay. in common with an estate agent, am I? Oh. Anyway, I, I not that there's that... anything wrong with estate agents. No. Love them dearly, but not, you yes. know, again, that would have been money talk and figures yes. talk. Have you got a date too?
2: Well, oh. I've got a, yes, it's a it's a younger one. So a little bit more more innocent. There wasn't any Top Gun or anything like that, but I met this boy in a disco Um, uh, he was a bit of a mod, actually. And I thought he was quite cool. And um, he seemed to really like me for some random reason. And then we went out and I was so shy, I couldn't speak, couldn't say anything. And then (laughs) The next day, the phone went, my, my dad answered it. And he said, oh, there's, there's a boy on the phone for you. And I thought, oh, God. And um, I went on the phone and this boy said, it wasn't him, it was his friend. He said, I can't remember day, but the, the boy I was dating, went on this date with. He said, he doesn't want to go out with you anymore. Put the phone, that oh dear tough on little old me
1: I have oh, to say I feel sad for young Trish sad did you go was you? it a, going
2: on a long mournful walk well, I think, worrying I about did... what was wrong oh totally I think I just obviously very write poetry very read didn't write your poetry I think I just went upstairs and hid because obviously then I'd had my dad lurking around trying to work find out what was going on because I was only about 15 that was my first dumping I Isn't can't nice. believe that he, yeah, his friend it. phoned you. Yes. That's a terrible thing. I bet he regrets that now, seeing me here, my name
1: in lights. Well, when he sees you on stage <laughs> in May next yes. year, rapping, yeah. singing Babushka Babushka, yes. then he'll regret
2: what he did. It's over this show is over Well, this episode of the show is over but new episodes of postcards from midlife are available to listen to every sunday on your podcast provider and we would really appreciate it if you can make sure to download your episodes so they count on our listener numbers and if you could rate and review us too that would be fantastic yes please do that and tell all your
1: friends about us we want as many women as possible to join in our midlife conversation that's what the private facebook group is all about and that's where a lot of the information will go won't it trish about our live show and all the information actually from how to win we'll put all the links and things up there so if you're not a member pop over and join also join us on instagram as well and tell us what you would like to hear and what you need to know
2: goodbye Goodbye. (laughs) Bye.